0: Listening to Mike Lochran on the Management Perspectives Podcast. Please follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter where I publish all of my podcasts and blogs. Hi, my name is Mike Lochran, and this is the Management Perspectives Podcast. In this show, we'll be discussing the future of supply chains. 2020 will likely prove a pivotal year for many parts of manufacturing, but the impact of COVID-19 is but one aspect of a broader change in the whole supply chain operations field. I'm delighted to be joined by Ian Stewart, president of Sonopar UK, the parent company of Rotico, one of Rockwell's key distribution partners in the UK and Europe. And I also have with me our own regional sales director for North Amir, Mark Bottomley. Ian. Mark, welcome. Would you like to both introduce yourself?
1: Well, good morning. Um, uh, So my name's Ian Stewart. Uh, I've been with Rotico over 30 years in this industry, still very much learning. Um, Rotico are one of the UK's leading technical distributors for control and automation products. We were founded in 1978 and have a a, a nationwide network of customer service centres, Employing over two hundred and fifty people, um, our focus is on providing customers with the the very best choice of products from leading manufacturers from around the world, uh, packaged together with uh, a range of value add services, really with the aim of supporting our customers' growth uh, and profitability in in manufacturing uh, um, we We speak to our customers on a a technical level, principally uh, very strong operational. Uh, discussions and, and also uh, on a financial level. Uh, also, Rotico has operating companies in Austria, uh, the Netherlands, and more recently Belgium. And we're also part of the Sonopar Group, which is um, the largest B two B electrical distributor in the world, with sales of over twenty billion euro and over forty thousand employees. Great, thanks very much, and Mark.
2: Hi, Mike, um, and hello, welcome, Ian. Um, very good to be uh, a part of the podcast. Um, I've been with Rockwell for for thirteen years, and and currently lead our uh, sales organisation for Northern Europe. Um, I spend a great deal of my time thinking about the future of our industry and how we will develop talent for the the chain, changes that we will see in the future. Um, I have a partic- particular interest in in topics around industrial productivity workforce, empowerment, STEM, uh, and the industrial internet of things. Clearly, the UK is a, uh, a key part of my responsibility um, and, and something that uh, continues to be an interest. And uh, it's great to have Ian with us from, from Rutico, clearly a, a very important partner for, for Rockwell in, uh, in both the UK, but more broadly across uh, a, a, a wider uh, portion of our, uh, our business in Europe. Great,
0: thanks. Getting straight to the point and jumping straight in. Um, gents, starting with the current state of play, how big an impact has the global situation had on supply chain management? What are your thoughts, Ian?
1: Well, had a clearly had a massive impact on the world and, and in our world of manufacturing supply chain, it, it's no different uh, you know, beyond doubt, many organizations' vulnerabilities have been exposed and and leaders in manufacturing are, are dealing with many, many issues around employee safety, you know, either rapid sales decline or if they're lucky, an increase. Um operating expense control, cash flow issues, trying to understand the, the trajectory of the business to, to, to kind of right size and and then to explain and articulate the priorities to their teams around resilience and, and agility is a massive uh, challenge that uh, that manufacturing is is going through and obviously with any period of crisis or so uncertainty it's a time where leaders in manufacturing uh, have to assess where they you know whether they're prepared for all the scenarios and identify these uh, these vulnerabilities in their operations pretty quickly i think covid could be the trigger point for many companies to transform their businesses um including their supply chains uh, you know supply chains have uh can be very complex with lots of joints that uh, uh between one supplier and another kind of through the chain and and they kind of oscillate in these in periods of of fluctuation but the the, the period that we've gone through has really tested um, supply chains to the max. I think supply chains have, have conventionally been, been seen as a, a back-end process in many manufacturing organisations, but I think this latest uh, uh, crisis has, uh, has highlighted how costly it can be when supply chains break down.
0: And Mark, from an AMIR point of view, have you got any observations on, on the impact?
2: Certainly from a uh, from an Emir perspective um, we've seen very similar to, to what Ian's just described we've, we've seen a number of challenges in terms of um, businesses where their their turnover um, and their order levels have been reduced significantly but also a, a few instances where their order levels have have increased very rapidly as well. Um, I think we've um, we 've taken the opportunity uh, ac- across EMEA to to work in a in, in an agile fashion we've we've we 've put in some very um, carefully considered steps in, in terms of crisis management and how we go through the process uh, of ensuring that our people firstly are are safe uh, and secure and and those of our customers similarly um, but we 've also started to highlight and prioritize some of the uh, Some of the issues that we see in the in the supply chain Um, in the UK we've been we've been slightly fortunate, I would say, in in the fact that we had already gone through a process of reassessing the supply chain operation um, due to the uncertainty around Brexit, Um, the manufacturers and uh, that we work with are already underway and looking at how they can manage the risk as well and remain robust in in that uncertain situation. So I think in the UK, we're probably a little bit or we were a little bit ahead of the game in terms of being prepared for a disruption. Um, and and we've taken the opportunity to apply some of those um, some of those changes that, that we had put in place and to apply those to uh, to the challenges that we have with with COVID. Uh, and the relationship that we have with Rutico has given us a lot of confidence that we were able to handle the, the logistic uncertainties that we saw um, around Brexit. Uh, and that's helped our, our customers to be better prepared for the challenges and issues that have come up with COVID-19.
0: Yes, I think we've seen challenges right away across the supply chain, not just from a, a Europe and me, but from a global basis. I'm intrigued. What do you think? You know, we've spoken about what's gone on, but but what do you think is on the mind of European manufacturers and their customers at this very moment, based upon what they've probably learned over the last few months? Ian, do you want to do you want to go there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I I think for some it's a it's a question of survival. Um, uh, hopefully, that's the minority. Uh, for most, I would say it's is trying to to understand. And model scenarios about what could happen in the coming, uh, well, weeks, but more so months and the and the medium term, and then to to build processes and and pay a lot of attention to the assets, in their business, people, um, the skills of those people, the production assets and the supply chains and and indeed the finance lines to ensure that they can adapt um, to the you know to the word that uh, mark used just now this agility to adapt to these um uh fluctuations that uh, that we've had and and are likely to have for some time that's going to be the the key thing on the minds of of manufacturers in, in the UK and Europe um it is the word resilience i think is being used a lot and in terms of supply chain there there's a need for this reliability in in supply and visibility over where the shortcomings might exist and and understanding the impact of these demands on on business As there are parts of our customer base who who've either had this very significant scaling down or very significant scaling up or or indeed of of have turned their attention to kind of in innovative opportunities to really transform you. And you see some of the um, the things that have been done. It's interesting in the European uh, platform there. Are, there are parts of, uh, of of manufacturers who are have innovated their production processes, like L'Oreal, from uh, making perfumes to making hand cleansing. Uh, liquids by the thousands and thousands of liters. Um, so this, you know, these these are um, very significant agility uh, issues that uh, that have already we've seen uh, happen out there. Uh, we've been working with Rockwell to support our customers at a, at a technical, operational, and financial level to, to 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 help them to be flexible in in their approaches. Um, Uh, So so for us, it's the the global and supply chains for our organisations are are globally based and and inevitably we've had some challenges on availability. So for for us, it's about, you know, communicating with our customers, making sure we've got very strong communications between us and our suppliers to to manage these um, surprises. Uh, You know, certainly customers don't like surprises. And so very much that's been our, our focus
2: that's right and and it's also about speed it's uh for for many of our customers as they're going through the the uncertainties that we have uh, at the moment they they want to be able to manage their uh, cash flow process um and they're, they're probably more focused on that than than maybe they have been in, in previously it's always been important but when the, when a business is under stress and having to Um, ensure that it can uh, operate on a daily basis Um, having the right part arrive on time um, in uh, uh, on time at at, at the point at which they are expecting it um, with all of the components and uh, and pieces that are required is obviously even more important because it enables them to turn over um, products and uh, and services that they have and and that they're going to sell on in the, in the shortest possible time. Ultimately, uh, our customers don't want surprises. They can they understand that, that they're not going to get every product that they they've ordered on uh, on the specific timeline maybe that they would like. Um, but we need to be able to communicate that um, if that if there's a delay or if there's a change to the um, the ability for us to deliver on on the time, we need to be able to communicate that. Our customers need to know that. As early as possible, so that they can plan, mitigate, uh, and uh, utilise their resources to the uh, to the ma- maximum efficacy uh, in in their business going forwards. Great, yeah. As, as the listeners know to this podcast, probably
0: um, at least, well. Half to, to three quarters of the pod- podcast have been taken care of in this, 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 this challenging and, and, and strange time period. But, but one of the great things that has come out of it is that, yeah, there has been challenges, um, but certainly there have been opportunities and, and there have been some um, great examples around where customers have, have looked at digitisation. They've been um, probably better suited to adapt quickly to, to the situations as they arise and naturally and, and with any situation, you know, whether it be COVID, Brexit or or, or whatever else. Hi, I'm Mike Lochran and you're listening to the Management Perspective podcast. Today I'm joined by Mark Bottomley Regional Sales Director for North Amir here at Rockwell Automation. And we're talking to Ian Stewart, President of Sonopar UK. i 'd like to do now is is just discuss and, and take some of those those learning points we've we 've looked at and some of those challenges but I'd, I'd be really like to get your opinion on you know we 've looked at the current state we 've looked at the past state what do you think um, what lessons could the listeners take from what we 've learned so far for if we jumped in a time machine and jumped forward five years um, what what, we, what would we have learned what we 've implemented and, and what would we have considered as being um, a positivity out out of this situation and, and actually use it to proactively push forward our businesses. Ian, I'd I'd be really keen to get your views on this from that supply chain part.
1: Yeah, um, well you hit on a on a on a key thing around the digitization piece. Uh, you know, for us for supply chains we we believe integrating systems is, is a key focus. There, there are massive amounts of data sitting in ERP systems uh, up and down the supply chain that if manufacturers and, and their supply chains could get much tighter collaboration, we'd get much better outcomes for, for manufacturing in, in the UK and in Europe. It, it, it's estimated, I read somewhere, that, that around 75% of the, the information that makes a supply chain tick it, doesn't actually get onto an ERP system. It's it's uh, in people's heads. It's in separate notes, you know, uh, on, on on their own personal systems. Um, that you know, if these uh, pieces of data were able to be integrated into a, a true kind of digital network, then. Uh, there would be you know much greater uh, productivity and efficiency in supply chains the, the the supply chains really need this digital integrated processes and uh, and then we're working on on this with rockwell and endeavoring to create tighter collaboration with customers um you know traditionally this kind of linear supply chain models really do need to transform quickly into into these digital supply networks with much more end-to-end visibility Uh, you know it's about business systems talking to business systems in order to be able to deliver efficient outcomes through any channel uh and and the old models of supply chain planning which worked on you know products and analyzing moving historic averages just aren't, g- aren't going to be good enough in the future we're, we're very much working on this theme within the sonopar group uh, building data lakes and digital networks with suppliers to meet the the future challenges of our customers in in a kind of a true om- omni-channel way um yeah I mean, it's a it's a very interesting topic this whole uh, uh, supply chain uh, integration piece and, and Mark, just on that subject, the the kind of omni-channel, the, the the
0: supply chain, how how ready do you think industrial manufacturing is ready for that?
2: Um, I, I, I think it, it's about seeing. Uh, it, it's about a change, not just in in. In the industrial manufacturing supply chain but it, it, it's about the the general market and, and and how we see ourselves and how we fit into that in the last couple of years we've we've seen growing competitiveness to deliver um the sort of experience that we have that we that we see normally in our in our b2c lives um and and the expectation is that 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 b2c experience in terms of simple and well-informed ordering complete trackability and, and certainty on delivery is now becoming a an expectation in in b2b um and that's something that that clearly we rely on uh, our partners in in companies like rutico to to help us to deliver that experience um clearly as the the element that that um, the element that looks after the logistics in uh in that supply chain um uh, we we need to be able to make sure that our systems can can speak uh, effectively or connect effectively with the uh, the systems that we have at Rutico, such that when a customer places an order on Rutico, they're able to see they're see, able to see that that trackability uh, and that information on on their existing order uh, and and have confidence in the uh, in the delivery in ultimately to uh, to the site where they would like it delivered um in the circumstances we find at the moment around covid-19 Many of our customers have found that demand has shifted. i think Ian's mentioned already uh Arial in in uh in Europe, but there are many instances where we've had customers that have repurposed existing manufacturing lines to uh, to meet a, a new demand uh and to help uh, and in many cases to help the greater good uh and they've done that in a in a short time frame um those customers with with integrated systems and digitized processes were were able to do that with uh far quicker and 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 with a deeper conviction and i think when we look back at those uh at those companies in five years time i think we'll we'll find that they've uh they've grown uh more significantly than 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 many of their competitors uh, and i think that the um, the market will will view those companies as, as uh, instances of best practice, and, and that will probably accelerate the, the drive to a, a more digitized process and a, a more digitally enabled supply chain. Um, having that good data sharing and analytics in the supply chain can help customers to effectively automate uh, up, up to 90% of the operation that needs to happen without people getting involved. Um, but there's inevitably going to be the 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 10% of activity that's going to need workarounds and that's going to need people, um, and that's the supply chain experts. That's that's some of the the relationship we we have with Rutico. That's that's an element of the uh, relationship and the partnership that that we rely on. Um, and we want those those 10% of or, uh, issues being dealt with quickly by by the supply chain experts. The more that we can uh, automate those processes the more that uh, the more time uh, and energy that those uh, those people can spend on the on the really significant issues rather than getting involved in the the day-to-day piece and i think that's where we will see people adding even more value in the future than they than they do at the moment so You've both mentioned connectivity you've you've
0: both mentioned data but but data require context, so it's that experience or of, of Sunapar being able to apply that um that use of data to give customers some some great insights and value and you know mark, you talk rather about the about the people side of things it's the old people process and technology and and all three will give value um take one away and and you start to fall apart to bring this to life to listeners. Could you give us some examples about how how Ritiko and Rockwell are, are working together to, to to address these challenges using some of those um, those people process and technology examples you, you've already spoken about data lakes and ERPs and business to business. What are some practical things that that we're offering out there at the moment? Ian, do you want to go first on that
1: uh, yeah i I think uh, at the moment we 've got a big focus on this transparency in the supply chain uh, beyond our own warehouse so you know the digital partnerships we're forming with uh, with with Rockwell are, are a very key part of that so you know Rockwell's put in some hard yards in their IT teams as of we to develop uh, software that has uh, connectivity and, and real-time stock availability so so for example we we now show to customers online um, both Rutico stock in our own central distribution center, but also the stock of Rockwell at their european cDC in the Netherlands, so customers can can take a view on um, uh, you know on on certain products, maybe some of which they can uh, swap for an, an, another item. it could be a cable where with different lengths, for example um, and uh, we 've also launched um, Configurators, uh, which uh, um, uh, Rockwell configurators, on our website, which uh, model system building uh, to enable engineers to to build a bill of materials for a, a machine or a system, um, and and with that become multiple options against each product uh, with real time stock availability online built into the model. So so this is um. A really good uh, partnership between ourselves and rockwell and um and there's a lot more to come in in improving that kind of uh, information flow to ultimately to our mutual customers yeah and through and through that
2: transparency i think the, 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 there's two elements there that, that we can really help um, from our customers perspective clearly there's an opportunity to understand where their risks are currently um but as as our customers get to understand that that transparency is there, it gives them the opportunity for a, a, a more medium long term view of understanding where where their risks are in terms of the, the process that they have. Um, and, and they can then potentially build in um, greater robustness into the process that will uh, eliminate the or, or certainly reduce the risk of errors or bottlenecks in the future. Um, working with Rutiko, we can we can apply the, the the technology that that can support innovation in this area, and, and certainly our customers are are starting to benefit from that already. No, they're
0: they're fantastic examples of again going back to what 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 people uh, are expecting from their personal lives and their shopping habits and and being able to know when it's going to be delivered and what time and and what's in stock and what isn't bringing that into the the industrial world is is a fantastic use of, of that data and, and will bring real benefits you know it's it's great when you plan around that so so thanks very much for that I'm Mike Lochran, and you're listening to the Management Perspectives Podcast. If you're enjoying the Management Perspectives Podcasts and want to learn more, join us on LinkedIn and take the next steps on your digital transformation journey. Talked around the, the B2C, the B2B bits of it, and some of the impact we've seen within our industrial markets. Kind of to to, to bring the conversation to um, um, an end, if you like, what are the trends do you see um, external to, to the industrial world um, which people are seeing? Are having impact on, on on what we're doing here and on what you guys are doing from a services to customer and a supply chain.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think the 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 biggest issue is is going to be that uh, f- from our area of expertise in in supply chain that we we see our customers expect our customers to be spending a lot more focus time and, and money um, in their trading partner networks up and, up and down the supply chain. Um, I think there's, there's definitely been uh, an increasing recognition through this uh, situation that um, uh, the, 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 the ability to survive as a business is, is predicated on, on how the, that organisation can change direction um and uh the, these kind of demand shocks and and potential loss of revenues loss of productivity and other risks i think leadership will be uh spending much more time in their business planning processes in in, in modeling those situations to make sure that they uh, have a have this resilient business and i think that flows then into the management culture uh, in manufacturing uh, it, it will inevitably need to learn from this in how how to prior, prioritize uh, resilience is, issues and risk mitigation. Uh, you know, certainly from uh, Sonopar's perspective and also uh, following that Routico, um, you know, we're spending much more time making sure that uh, our business systems are uh, very strongly resilient. Um, uh, obviously lots of issues around cybersecurity, security, etc. Uh, and the the ability for us to to care for our people um in these situations all of these kind of key assets um that that we as, as a as a business in the world of manufacturing need to look at in order to to stay successful i think the uh, you know there, there are some other kind of uh, interesting topics uh, that are increasingly going to be important you know, such as such as traceability um not just in the warehousing logistics, but right across the supply chain. Uh, you know, authenticity and compliance are huge issues. Uh securing authentic product supply chains is an increasing focus that uh helps to protect brands, um, particularly uh highly sensitive brands such as pharmaceutical or food and beverage. But but right across the industry that's quite a big focus. And, and, and along with with things like ethical sourcing and um, you know focusing on 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 the future of our planet and those kind of issues, so it's a complex situation, and there are lots of uh, of themes that um, that are strongly coming through, um, of which COVID has been uh, probably the, the major one uh, in terms of testing this uh, resilience issue.
2: Uh, yeah. So for me, there's, there's there's three key areas that that we need to be thinking about uh, going forward. There, there's a risk element um, that obviously includes regulatory risk um, in in Europe, particularly with with GDPR now in, in in force. Companies that maintain databases need to make sure when we're sharing data that they're sharing appropriate. Uh, 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 sorry, that we're sharing appropriately, uh, and we've got the right place policies in place to make sure that that data is is properly secured um ian already mentioned the the um cyber risk um we we need to make sure that the, that that security is in place for from a gdpr perspective but also in terms of making sure that our uh our full supply chain is resilient and not at, at risk from that element uh, and that brings us into the reputational issue. Uh, I mean no no brand can hide from flaws in the supply chain. Um we I think every every part of the supply chain is, is more aware now um of, of understanding where uh, where that product comes from. Um but that that uh that piece of work is only as is only as good as the weakest link in the chain if uh, if you're buying a product that that you believe to be genuine uh, and from a from a manufacturer and it uh, and you can't track it through the through the supply chain then then there's a risk that that you haven't got the uh, the authentic part at the other end despite the fact that you may have spent time and energy making sure that you were um, you were sourcing from uh, from an authentic manufacturer in the per- first place, um, and con- consumers today aren't aren't going to be very forgiving when um, when mistakes are made in 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 what they would regard to be simple situations where uh, where product is is found to be um, lacking uh, in terms of its capability due to a due to a lack of uh, authenticity in terms of the product um and then finally there's the there's a the performance issue if your if your supply chain is is being held up by particular components or ingredients or or parts um you need to have the visibility uh in in, in order to make better choices um and there are many examples that ian mentioned already the the pharmaceuticals and and, and the challenges that we have there in terms of making sure that we have traceability throughout their uh, throughout their logistics supply chain um but another one where uh, where that is uh, particularly uh, visible is 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 around automotive customers um when when we see when we see those uh, manufacturers needing to make a product recall on a particular na- line or on a for a particular um for a particular model they want the ability to uh, to quickly check where the issues are and that it doesn't impact four or five other lines that they have globally, so uh, so they can keep things running as effectively uh, uh, as possible from a um, product supply perspective whilst going through the process of uh, of recalling or um, or communicating uh, issues that they have around a, a a particular challenge that that they're experiencing at that moment in time
0: yeah the encouraging thing for me um listening to, to both of you is is that it may it may seem like quite quite a large thing to come across, but you know with my experience, industry has been doing uh, and addressing many of these issues, albeit on a slightly smaller more insular level um for a number of years, so actually scaling that to supply chain should not really be an issue provided you pick the correct partners on this journey so that, that's a really encouraging um, message i think it really is mark ian thank you very much for those great insights and, and thank you very much for your time um the the context and, and the insight that you can that you provide around that supply chain it's fascinating for me, um, and I'm always learning from these podcasts, but I know the listeners uh, really enjoy it as well because it helps give that further insight into the total supply chain and, and where everyone plays in this world of digitisation. And, again, it goes without saying thank you very much to the listeners. Um, without the listeners, the, the podcast wouldn't happen, and um, and we wouldn't get the guests on such as you, Ian, and such as you, Mark, to, to, to deliver on that. So thank you both very much for your time on that. been listening to the management perspectives podcast please follow me mike lochran on linkedin and twitter where i publish all of my podcasts and blogs if you've enjoyed the podcast please rate and review us on apple podcasts as this really helps the show